0: David Eichholt, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com. Great news for the Iowa basketball program today as they land Valparaiso forward Ben Cricky via the NCAA transfer portal. We're going to dive into that, but if you have not already heard, I would highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to my last episode of my interview with Connor McCaffrey, son of head coach, Fran McCaffrey, was at Iowa for six years. Very, very important player for the Hawkeyes, and as you probably would have expected, Sean, he was very off the cuff and very transparent about his thoughts running a variety of things. That was, I, I've been telling you for a couple of years, I really, really wanted to get him on our podcast just because I know he had a lot to say and he, he did not disappoint at all. Yeah, I'm sure he had a. I know I listened to it and I thought it was a
1: really good list. And obviously, they we're I'm talking about his Iowa career, obviously, all the challenges that he's faced. And then. You know, he went in depth a little bit on Jack's recruitment as well. Um, yeah. the youngest McCaffrey was a four star in twenty-four-seven sports would be, you know, obviously a big time haul, big time addition for Iowa in a couple classes. But yeah, no, it was a really good listen. Connor's never been shy to say anything. Obviously, you can only say so much in front of the cameras and the media. Yeah. But to him, you know, after his college career kind of decompress was was really was a really good listen. You guys did a good job
0: on that. Yeah. Connor also a little interesting nugget, which we've kind of hinted, but Connor seems like he wants to coach in the NBA more than he does college. And I really think he would do well at the college level, but I think just with his basketball mind, he wants to go to the highest level right away. And I appreciate him going in depth about the issues he has with Carver, not specifically surrounding the fan base, but just the infrastructure of Carver and some different things that they could do to fix it. And he wasn't shy, it's tough to recruit when you have an old fashioned kind of building that doesn't help keep the sound in. And he, he also brought up the fact that, you know, the rack for Rutgers, it's not a nice building at all, but the way the sound is in and how they're right over top of you makes it a really, really difficult place to play. So he, he say probably shouldn't have said it later on in the podcast, but I, I told him if you want change, like they need people of his kind of prestige and importance in the program to be the ones to speak up that's that's gonna do more wonders uh than the fans but moving along sean ben Crickey. again you've been all over this recruitment you've been all over 24 7 sports with with this news give us give us the full breakdown of ben Cricky and just sort of how it came about because iowa was going back and forth i think with with uh mass and Cricky for a little while
1: yeah, I mean, obviously they had those two on campus this past weekend. Um, I'm not overly sure if their visits overlapped, but they were pretty close in terms of having, you know, being on campus. And with Crickie, it came down to Iowa through Dame and Vanderbilt. Those were the two teams that – are the three teams that were receiving the most buzz, Grand Canyon and um, Grand Canyon, Nebraska, were the other two that were mentioned but Notre Dame and Iowa seem to probably be the two that were getting the most traction with Cricky. And I think from, I mean, you look at Valparaiso, that's in Northwest Indiana, more on the outside, Northwest Indiana, but that's 30 to 35 minutes from Notre Dame. So, you know, it's not much of an adjustment for Cricky if he wants to go to Notre Dame um, as opposed to Valpo, which is, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty short drive. So, Obviously, Notre Dame had that going for it. Notre Dame, Barry, their offense, I mean, it's the State staff, so they're going to rely a lot on offense and shooting the basketball. And you can live with having someone like Kirky down low. But I ultimately think at the end of the day, just seeing what Iowa has been able to do with Philip Bracha, yes, I mean, he didn't have the numbers that Luca Garza did. But, you know, he saw a lot of improvement. And Kriki's only in Iowa City for one year. But I think he was really the preference with this Iowa staff over guy like rink Mast. to, you know, is a good player, um, had two years left, I believe. So he was one that, you know, you can maybe develop a little more. But I think from what Iowa wants, from what Philip was for this team, I think Cricky fits that, fits that mold a little bit better. He listed that six foot nine, 235 pounds, averaged 19 points and 5.4 rebounds. Per game this year, obviously, the rebound numbers aren't exactly what you'd like to see. But I think from a perspective of what Cricky can do with the basketball in his hands, and, you know, you can play him through the post, you can play him through the high post, not necessarily a reliable perimeter shooter, only shooting 27% from three this year. But I think what you could do with him in Iowa's offense when it comes to running motion, you know, letting him attack the basket, you know, letting him play in transition, I think he was in 94th and 96th percentile on synergy in transition this past season, which is considered really good for someone of his size and, you know, how much he used in Valparaiso's offense. So, you know, he's not exactly the most athletic dude. I think, you know, from a vertical standpoint, not the guy that's going to finish above the rim often. He can get to the basket really well. I think one thing that really impressed me from watching him, you know, is his ability to get to the rim. And you know not just you know finish, but also be crafty. I think he does a really good job of. You know, he's a lefty, so obviously gives him a little bit of an advantage. But I think he's really good at using those angles and really comfortable at playing with his back to the basket. Obviously, you don't want him to, you know, be the focal point of your offense when it comes to handling the basketball. That's not what I want. In their four and five man, but he can make things happen off the dribble. He can get to the basket. He can finish in a variety of ways. Um, you can play with him through the post. You can play on the high post. You know, sometimes in the short quarter, depending on where you see fit, he can play 15 feet out. And I think that, you know, obviously he didn't have the best three-point percentage, but I think you look at his free-throw percentage the last two years, he shot 80% from the free-throw line this past season. He shot 84% from the line the previous season, yeah. 79% from the line the previous year. And I think that kind of goes to show, you know, how he can be effective from mid-range if you need him to expand that far out. But I think from a standpoint of, okay, here's a guy that you can play with in multiple ways. You know, you can use him in multiple ways. And he's really dynamic in that sense, which he's crafty. He's a really good passer. That's something I didn't mention. He had a 14.3% assist rate on Kempom, which was pretty dang good, and 203 in conference only, which was also really solid. And take into account, like, he really didn't have many great pieces around him at Valpo. They weren't they weren't a very good team this year at all. Um, so having guys around him, scores like Tony Perkins, Peyton for Patrick McCaffrey, um, you know, a potential man that Iowa gets in the portal here in the next couple weeks, if that comes to be. You know there is a really promising fit there, and I know people are going to question defensive play, and I get that, but I think when you look at his post numbers in guarding the post on defense, I think that's a – On synergy, that's a, that's a very positive. I think he's ranked in like the sixty third percentile, which isn't great, but it's considered solid. Um, yeah, and you know I think that's an area where he can really improve in rebounding as well. But I think overall, it's a very very good gift for what Iowa wants i mean he was the top of the guy i think he was the prince for the iowa staff over rink mass and that's that's nothing to say you know bad about rink mass but i think Cricky is what you what iowa really wanted um in terms of a big man that you know can do multiple things with the basketball sees the floor really well can finish can play out of the post and just a variety of things around the basket and around the around the arc and the inside of the arc
0: yeah, I, I think something that still out to me, Sean, is watching his film a little bit more, he's a, he's a better passer than Rabracha was. But I thought there were a couple of games where Rabracha was very, very good. You look back at the game against Michigan State, obviously Iowa's coming from behind when he had five assists. The Iowa State game, which was a great game for him, Iowa was, won 75-56. You know, he had 11 boards, he had four assists, and had 22 points. But the big factor for him was – they put him in that high post, and if they doubled, he immediately looked for a shooter. If not, he was very comfortable running a high post pick and roll, going to the basket, finishing above the rim. And I think, again, Crickie's very comfortable in that role. So if Iowa wants to run more kind of ice offense, I think he can be a good guy there. Um, and especially, like you say, if you have shooters like Peyton Sanford on the outside, I'm curious what price Sanford, how much he's going to play. Maybe it's similar to what Peyton did as a freshman. But another reason why this is big, and I wrote this in my impact piece, this is a great one-year rental for Iowa to help Owen Freeman develop. Because I think you're high on Owen Freeman. Our 24 Sports National guys, I think, have become bigger fans of Freeman over the last few months. And this doesn't put as much pressure on Freeman to come in and give significant minutes and contribute at a high level. This is a guy who I think Freeman's rebounding and defense, his ceiling is higher than than what I was getting in Cricky. But Cricky has a chance to really be a good one year mentor for him on the offensive end, college pick and rolls, being crafty around the hoop, behind the basket, high post, finding certain guys on the wings. I think there's a very good opportunity for a partnership there and a good mentorship. Uh, Because I do think, again, Freeman's going to be a guy that people are going to watch going forward. So from that standpoint, I think it's a big get. Uh, But no, like you said, I think Iowa prioritized Cricky throughout this process. It's nothing against Mast. And there was some early momentum with Mast. But I I always believed, I know you did too, that Iowa was only going to take one of those two. And now for their second transfer that they're still after, it's between BJ Mack and Jordan Minor. And above all, Sean, I I can't remember what your priority list was for Iowa in the portal, but as far as the big guys who we knew they were going after, Jordan Miner has been number one on my list, I think, for what Iowa needs. I think he's a really, really good defensive player. I think he would pair alongside uh, Cricky very well, but the other thing that we need to see is you need to see that what Philippa Bracha brought last year from a toughness on the interior and from a rebounding perspective, there's no doubt that Cricky is going to have to fill that void. Uh, that Phillips leaving because without Chris, without Connor, who was an underappreciated rebounder, especially in certain spots, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cricky to be able to rebound the basketball at the high level.
1: Yeah, there is going to be. And I think having a guy like, with, like my coming in, I think that could really shield or, you know, kind of diminish some of those, you know, weaknesses that Cricky might have with rebounding the basketball. And it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens over the next week. I mean, it's almost like a it's almost like an opposite, like with with Mac and Minor. Like it's really it's really interesting. They're around the same size. Yeah. Mac is a little thicker. Um, you know, top while miners maybe like they're around the same weight too, but Miner has, you know, kind of a different body look, you know, he's more solid while Mac still seems to kind of have some baby fat on him. Mac seems really offensive-oriented as opposed to Miner, who, you know, can can do things on the offensive end. But I think Mac is a little more skilled with the basketball, while Miner is kind of that guy that can be an energy guy around the rim, can block shots if you need to, can guard multiple positions, while uh, Mac is a guy that you can kind of, you know, use on the perimeter, play out of the high post. You know, he's more versatile, I think, offensively then minor would be. So it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, what, what kind of happens with that. I think minor might be the priority for Iowa going into this weekend. Cause I think he would, you know, shield a lot of things or some weaknesses that, like yeah. I said, Kirkie would have defensively and then, you know, in the rebounding department. But I think Mac, you know, that competition is going to be tough with the SEC schools coming on in and, you know, it's, like I said, it's going to be a really fascinating next couple of you know next week because it's it's really a big contrast and you know their their styles in my mind. Like Mac, you can play at the four, I think would be a better fit. You know, occasionally at the five, but he seems the yeah. more prototype as that stretch. You know, big kind of score that you know could be capable of being, being a good defense player. Obviously, I think his role would change a little bit if he came to Iowa. Then it would have been at Wofford, but you know, minor, it's kind of, he's more of that defensive guy and more of that, you know, threat to, you know, block shots, like I said, guard multiple positions, um, and can do things offensively for you, but it's not as dynamic as some of those other guys. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, if Iowa misses on both, but, or you know, gets one, you know, how that kind of ends, I mean, that's, it's kind of crazy how quick the portal goes compared to a couple of years ago, it yeah. feels like, but I mean, they're, I think with, with minor, it's Virginia sounds like in a really good spot right now. Um, he's going to Seton Hall coming up. I think he was at FGCU the last two days. Max has been to a number of SEC schools and really likes those programs. So those are one to watch. I mean, he's from down that area too. So that could be intriguing to him, but Yeah, like I said, I feel like I've said it too many times, but it's going to be, it's going to be fast to see how these kind of, how the cards kind of play out.
0: You know what stood out to me about just looking at Jordan Miner's stats too, alongside everything else, Sean? It's his consistency. Yeah, he's only six foot eight, like 240, but he's very athletic. He's a very good defender, but he's productive. I mean, he only had one game this season where he didn't tally double digit points and he still finished with nine. And then you look at his rebounding numbers. He had 15 games of double-digit boards or more, including I think his season high was he had 20 rebounds, 15 and 20 in a game this past season. I mean, this is a guy who, again, his athleticism really pops out to me. He's very aggressive on the inside. He has great just sense of where the ball is going to be when it comes off the rim. And you look at what Iowa needs and how it fills that void. That's exactly what they need. And I, I think it would be a benefit for him too – not Yeah, he'd cover up a little bit of Cricky's of shortcomings on the defensive end. But I also think that Cricky being as big of an offensive threat as he could potentially be, that could make things so much easier for Jordan Miner to be able to get his on the offensive end as well. So I know there's some people that are a little bit worried about how the pairing will work because they are so kind of con- big contrast in the way Iowa plays basketball. But I do see it as a very, very good partnership if that's what indeed comes to light. Like you said, BJ Mack does seem more offensive oriented. And if you look at the way Iowa's teams have operated over the past couple of seasons, BJ Mack probably makes more sense just because Iowa likes to go up and down. You know, their their priority is always going to be on the offensive end. That's just the way Frank McCaffrey runs his teams. So BJ Mack would make sense from there. But I'm very, very intrigued about what the recruiting pitch is going to be. But again, I think when I look back at the targets that Iowa said earlier, Jordan Miner was at the top of my list just because you look at the voids that Iowa's needed in order to make that se- that push for a second weekend. Yes, guard, consistent guard play has been near the top, Sean. What else has been? It's been rebounding and it's been defense, specifically presence at the rim. And that's why I think Jordan Miner would really, really do a good job of in helping propel Iowa to where they want to get to. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of questions,
1: too, from people. But what is – like, is Iowa playing to go after a guard?
0: What's kind of what's your read there? I mean, based on who we know they've contacted, I don't think they're going to go after a guard. I think there's a lot of belief in DeSante Bowen, and he can take that next step. And I think you and I have said the two biggest things slowing him down. It's he plays too fast still. He's kind of like Joe Toussaint in that way right now, where he just plays a little bit faster than he should. And he's just not a jump shot threat right now. I mean, he's not afraid to take wide open threes. He showed that this year. But in order for Iowa to space out the floor as much as they want, they're really going to need him to be all to step up. So I think they believe in him. I think they like Brock Harding. I still think he's going to be a year or two away from getting significant minutes. I think they believe in Josh Dix. I'm curious how how big of a jump he can take. I mean, because remember, Sean, he came back from a devastating injury, and it's it's amazing to me that he played last year and was able to contribute what he did. And he made a couple of big shots, and he did make some big plays uh, throughout his freshman season. Yeah. So I think there's a big belief in them. I think Price Sanford can do some different things, but, again, he'll be a true freshman. But based on the way I'm reading this roster right now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but – I, I don't see them going after a guard. If, if I were in the position, if we're up to me, I personally would, just based on how teams advance in the tournament. But if, if Iowa wants to roll and get a couple couple big guys, and I, I don't think that that's a bad strategy either.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you there. I mean, I think it would be interesting to see how much Tony Perkins plays on the ball too this year. I mean, yeah, he's not – I, I think as a driver, he's probably Iowa's best from what they got on the team. But it's just gonna be, it's gonna be fascinating to see how those kind of cards are dealt. But I mean, the roster obviously stuff can change, but the roster is not done. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a fascinating offseason. and Iowa getting that first domino fall this this today was was critical for them.
0: So good day for Iowa basketball, Sean. Any final thoughts about? the way i was doing i also think it's worth mentioning really quick before you go iowa getting a big guy that they've prioritized early on this early in the process is a good good stepping stone because remember Robracho was a late ad and he he panned out well but remember iowa did strike out on a few guys that they they were looking at during that portal process as well so i think to be able to land a, a target that they prioritized early just for the momentum to get some spark, some conversation going into the offseason, I think it was big for Iowa from that standpoint as well. And they can also sell it to Jordan Miner and BJ Max, saying, "Hey, look, this is who you're going to play beside. Look at what he did at Valpo. This is how it could also complement your game as well. So maybe that could help there also." Yeah, no, definitely. That's a that's a big thing.
1: I mean, because it seemed like last year, obviously, people are going to talk about. Kirkie's defensive shortcomings and, you know, how Fran's not able to upgrade, you know, the the roster and, you know, that sort of thing. And obviously you still got to prove it on the court. But, you know, last year was a was an off-season misses, I think you could say. Obviously they had a nice recruiting class that they pieced together, um, getting two guys in Brock and Brock Cardi and Price Sanford come in the summer. But you mentioned J.P. Estrella. Obviously that's one that's going to stay um, but I was Amac Dio Akuba, who, yes, like you know, looking back, might have not been the end of the world that they missed out on those two guys. But I think you see the staff kind of learning from last off season, knowing that hey, like we got to get on these guys early, like we got to get these guys on campus. And obviously, NIL plays a pretty pretty big role in any of anything with the college basketball off season, but. You know, to see Iowa get that guy, to get that first guy and the guy that they honestly prioritize is a big step
0: in the right direction for sure. David Eichelt, Sean Bach. we got plenty of material on HawkeyeInsider.com right now, football, basketball, women's basketball, recruiting, everything else. Transfer portals not going to slow down. There's a lot of articles on Iowa's newest player. So be sure to stay stay, uh, stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com, follow us on 24-7 Sports, and we'll talk soon.